Hi everyone, welcome back to Child of Surviving a Narcissistic Cult. I'm your host, Joanna, and it's good to be back. It's good to be talking to you guys again. Um, this week, I want to talk to you guys about five ways that I'm personally working on that are helping me overcome codependency. It actually wasn't that long ago that I realized that I was codependent, which is kind of embarrassing because... For all of the work that I've done, that was the one thing that kind of slid under the radar for me. I didn't really see it because it was it was subtle, but it was it was definitely there. Now, how do you tell if you're codependent? I didn't really know. I knew that it had a, a negative connotation in my head when I heard it from other people. I thought that obviously it was a bad thing. And, but I never really delved into the details of, first off, why someone is codependent, and second, what are like the symptoms, or how do you, how can you tell? Um, so, if you say yes to things when you'd rather say no, but you say yes anyways, you might be codependent. Um, if you allow other people's emotions or moods to dictate your own, you might be codependent. If you have trouble taking control of your time and let other people dictate what you do, especially a partner or a girlfriend or boyfriend, you might be codependent. If you don't really celebrate yourself but you rely on other people's perception of you to tell you who you are, you might be codependent. If you don't do things that you love but instead focus only on what other people like to do, you might be codependent. Codependent people tend to come from homes where love was not offered freely and the home was not healthy. For me, I definitely did not grow up in a healthy home. As you know, I had a narcissistic parent and it was really traumatizing to me and led me to develop what I now see as an anxious attachment style. And I've become, naturally, left to my own instinct, I become very enmeshed with whoever is closest to me. And I rely on their view of me. I do everything that they want to do and I don't do what I want to do. I am very affected by their mood, whether it be happy or angry. It affects me very deeply and I don't really have that ability to separate myself and understand that I'm here and they're over there and that's something that I've really been working on these past couple months. Realizing what you're struggling with is half of the battle. Once you know what it is, it's that much easier to like start chipping away at it. And so the five things that I have been doing to overcome this and to start becoming my own person again and break that enmeshment, uh, the first thing is learning to say no. This has been so key for me on so many different levels, but Learning to say no can be really hard at the beginning because likely you're really used to saying yes. I know I've been really used to saying yes to everything and being a people pleaser and going 
to the store when I have something else I need to do or going on a hike when I need to be working because my partner wants to and I don't even say that I have something else that I need to do I just go because I feel obligated I feel like I have to when in reality it's my responsibility to myself to say no I don't have energy for that I don't have time for that or I need to be focusing my attention here right now maybe we can plan another day to go do this thing that you want to do but for right now I need to focus on this it's hard in the beginning but let me tell you after a couple months of putting this into practice it is so freeing and you find that you have a lot more energy than you used to because I know for me I always felt so exhausted so worn out because I was trying to fit all of these things in that I needed to do and also do what everyone else expected of me the second thing that I have been working on is not allowing other people's emotions to dictate my own. This has been massive for me. Growing up in the home that I did with a father who had bouts of what I call silent rage, I have been very sensitive to other people's emotions, very aware of their moods or their mood swings and it's really it really affects me and recently I've been really working on stepping back and taking ownership for myself and refusing just point blank refusing to take accountability for someone else's mood people feel the way that they feel for whatever reason and unless I'm communicated as to to as to why they're feeling that way I will remove myself from this situation. I'm not going to be part of it until they're willing to communicate. Usually, if someone was angry, I would try to take that on. I would try to maybe even blame myself for their anger or try to figure out what I did to make them angry when, in all reality, it may have nothing to do with me. Understanding that other people's emotions have everything to do with them and likely very little to do with me has really been a game changer and it's something I have to remind myself of every time I'm in a situation where someone has a, a really strong mood, specifically a negative mood. I have to remind myself that I don't actually know what's going on in their head, I don't know what's going on in their life and until they can communicate that with me I am going to force myself to operate under the assumption that it has nothing to do with me until I learn otherwise. For me, this has been the hardest part of my healing. I'm very sensitive to other people's moods. I always have been ever since I was a little kid. And I think I might have been on the codependency spectrum whether or not I had had a narcissistic parent or not. I'm just very empathic, very attuned to other people. And this has, because of that, this has been a huge fight for me to stay in my own body and to remain in myself while other people do or feel however they need to feel and process their own issues, their own emotions, their own triggers. Because my natural instinct is to help or to take, a, take the blame because I have a hard time seeing someone else suffer. I don't want to see anyone else suffer, but 
I have come to the level of maturity finally where I understand that if someone doesn't process their own bag of garbage, whatever it is, their own trauma, they'll never be able to move past it on their own. If I keep trying to take it on myself, they're never going to learn. So actually, instead of helping someone, I'm actually crippling them. The third thing that I have been doing is taking back control of my time. Now this kind of plays into the first thing that I talked about, um, saying no when I mean no. And when it comes to time, that has been huge. I didn't used to have a lot of free time, a lot of me time, because I offered up my time as a sacrificial lamb to everyone else who wanted a piece of it. And when I, when I did that, I ended up with nothing for myself. And there are so many things that I love doing and so, so many things that I want to do that I haven't been able to do because I have spent all my time focusing on everyone else. So these past few months I have started to say no as uncomfortable as it is and with the time that that has given me I have spent more time writing I have spent more time alone which I love I love alone time it is so rejuvenating and healing to me I have spent more time working on this podcast and listening to music and going places that inspire me and this beautifully and very organically leads into the next thing that I've been doing because taking back control of my time has allowed me to spend time with myself and it has allowed me to start working on the fourth thing which is learning to enjoy and celebrate myself or learning to fall in love with myself again. When I was a kid I was really excited about who I was and my artistic uh, leanings and the things that I liked and uh, for a while there, I really thought that I was a pretty cool person, and that kind of got beat out of me, and I feel like I'm starting to get back there again, to a point where I really enjoy who I am, and I'm proud of myself, and I, I love the things that I'm doing, and I found that I really love how I feel in myself, in my body, as I am saying no and not allowing other people's emotions to dictate my own and taking control of my time and it's all allowed me to fall in love with myself again and to really find my center which is really important if you want to lead a healthy fulfilling life if you're constantly giving to others if you're constantly aware only of what other people are feeling, if you're constantly saying or offering up your time and never keeping any time for yourself, if you're constantly obsessing over other people but never really loving yourself, you can't lead a healthy life. You just become this shell of a person that just pushes everything out and eventually has no sense of self and no identity and it's just it's a bad situation I've been there it is a horrible cycle you feel exhausted all the time 
you feel discontented with everything in your life, you feel confused, you feel lost, and having come partway back from that, I'm already feeling the goodness, the joy, the healing. So that leads me to my fifth thing that I've been doing, and that is doing things that I love by myself. That's the key part, is doing things that you love that you can do by yourself or with a friend that you don't see often. A lot of times when we are codependent or enmeshed, it's with a specific person or people. And a lot of times that will be your spouse or your parents or someone who you live with. It's usually a certain person that you're giving the most power to in your life. And so it's good and it's healthy to come back from that not to like cut them out of your life completely if they're they're not a toxic person or they're not really responsible for why you're codependent um but to do things by yourself it helps you to get more in touch with who you are and to spend more time like recreating the person or the child that you once were. So overall, codependency, enmeshment, and the trauma bonds that create all of this lead you down a path that separates you from yourself and constantly causes you to look elsewhere for validation and for fulfillment, when in reality these things come from within us. And healing this requires you to get back in touch with yourself and who you are and your inner child. And my hope is that if you are someone who's also struggling with codependency, that these five things give you some place to start. It's not an end-all be-all, but it is a good place to hit the ground running. And if you're aware that you're codependent or have been aware for some time that you're struggling with codependency and you can't necessarily afford a therapist, I would like to suggest uh, Lisa A. Romano's podcast, Breakdown to Breakthrough. She has a lot of content on codependency. She's really worked through the recovery on her own and has a wealth of information. In the future, I will be doing more episodes on codependency and how specifically narcissistic parents can really cause their children to grow up with these specific issues. Um, but for today, that's going to be all. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I will talk to you all soon. In the future, I will be doing more episodes on codependency and how specifically narcissistic parents can really cause their children to grow up with these specific issues. Um, but for today, that's going to be all. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. If you'd like to share your story with codependency um, or with a narcissistic parent, my Instagrams are linked in the description of my podcast, so please hop on over and say hi and share your story with me. I'd love to hear it. And with that being said, I'll talk to you all next Tuesday.